Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jana Panaritis, and you're listening to the AgeWise podcast, where we give you strategies for aging well and wisely. And how do you do that when on top of struggling to meet the demands of your own life, you're also caring for an aging parent or a spouse, or maybe you're caring for another member of your family? Well, we're here to help. Each week, we'll hear from the experts, professionals in the field of aging, and people like you, unsung heroes rising to the occasion of caring for a loved one and finding unexpected rewards along the way. So stick around for some straight talk on aging in all its unpredictable glory. I'm so happy to be joined today by Patricia Lodge. She's a retired engineer, happily retired, she says. She's a mother of a grown child who has two kids, so she's also a grandmother. And she lost her dad fairly recently and has been through a lot with him and even with her mom, who died uh, a while ago. But Patty's here to talk with us about her experience of being a long-distance caregiver in support of her stepsister, who took care of her dad in his later years. Welcome to the podcast, Patty. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jan. I'm happy to, to be here to um, talk about this. Don't very much because um, it just doesn't come up, but I'm glad to have the opportunity to do this. Great. I think I want to start by um, going back to my mother's death because there is backstory there. And my mother uh, passed in uh, August of 1994, a massive heart attack while being operated on for a second time for double bypass surgery. And my parents lived in a place, a beautiful house in Savannah, Georgia at the time. And my father was really sad after he, we lost, after we lost our, our mom. And it was really obvious, you know, he, I would be there polishing silver for him and he would just break down because that would be something that he remembered that my mother did so religiously. So when he announced to the family that he had found somebody and it was only a year later, it was 1995. He and Myrnie, my father was an adamant tennis player, and he was a, he was a fabulous tennis player. And, and so was Myrnie. And they played at the club there. Uh, there was golf and tennis in a big way in the community in which my parents lived. And so he met Myrnie, and they fell in love. And even though they had known each other, actually, through my mother, uh, my mother had become great friends with Myrnie. And uh, Myrnie lost her husband, and... I guess Myrnie and mom saw each other swimming and doing things like that. And so it was pretty interesting. And my father was happy again. And he was, they just, they got married and, um, and how old was your dad at that point? Oh, let's see. That was 1995. Let me do the math. He turned 90 in 2012. So he was still pretty young. It sounds like late seventies. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Late seventies. And Myrnie was about the same age. She was 10 years younger. 10 years she, younger. Okay. So that would Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. She became her stepmom. So she was okay. in her mid-60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, she was wonderful, and they were both. So they were, they were like little lovebirds. It uh -huh. was the cutest thing. They would sit on recliners and hold hands. And <laughs> and, and you weren't at all offended by that or kind of freaked out? Well, um, of course. As it turned out, uh, Myrnie has three children. Mm -hmm. Jim, who's the eldest child. Jim. Uh, then Jim, who is a year Jim. older mm -hmm. than... Jim, yeah, J I M, and who was a year younger than I am, mm -hmm. and then next came Misty, and then Mim, the two daughters. So, uh, so Jim, I talked to Jim, but at first I, I talked to Myrnie. They, they 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 did a little video, and they each called all of the siblings, oh, all of us. That's kind of sweet. And I I was crying, and I said, I can't, you can't replace my mom. 
I don't know, it just that's the way it affected me. But I wasn't alone. The others felt the same way on the, both sides. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, it, it wasn't, um, it, we, but we instantly loved Bernie. Because, mm-hmm. And they loved my father. Mm-hmm. So it, there was, you know, once we knew each other, and it was so wonderful that they had found each other. Everybody was extremely happy. So anyway, they, they remained in Savannah for several years, and I visited them. And you were living... Where at the time? Sorry, I lived in Coral, Coral Gables. Yeah, I've lived in Florida since I graduated from college, so okay. always lived here. Uh-huh. So after a while, though, Misty began to uh, see that Myrnie was had, showing signs of Alzheimer's. And she actually was tested for it, and it wasn't extremely bad or anything like that, but Misty was thinking ahead and decided that my father and her mother should move to uh, a place in Augusta, Georgia, which is near where they were living, uh, in Evans, Georgia, like a 10-minute ride mm-hmm. from their house to this place called Brandon Wild, which is, it can become as assisted living as you want. Uh, they started out living in a house, and then they moved into a duplex, and then they moved into the apartments, but you have to always get on lists to make that happen, as I think you probably understand uh-huh. now with, with your mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was, a, I was a bit miffed about that. I said, you're taking my father further away. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just was a little put off by it, and, and it bugged me a bit. But in the end, I realized it was the best thing that could have happened before the end, because my father, well, well first, let me just back up and say that uh, he dealt with on a more and more regular basis. It, it happened quickly. Her Alzheimer's got really bad. When older people lose their independence or it's taken away from them, mm-hmm. they get really angry. And Myrnie was told that you, you can't drive anymore, Mom. You know, you're, you're going places and you're getting lost. Mm. And that is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. was, that was taken away from her. And Dad would get angry with her and reali- he realized that he needed to get help to understand this disease. So he became much more able to handle Myrnie's situation. And then and at that point, when Dad finally went, Myrnie was already not remembering who anybody was. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it happened so quickly. So as I told you yesterday, Dad was doing very well until he ran into, in, in his new car, ran into the back end of somebody who then somebody ran into the back of him. It, it was a cluster. And he was injured, uh, not badly, but enough that he wasn't able to walk on his own any longer. And that weakened him continuously. He got worse and worse and worse. And on top of that, he had COPD because he had smoked. Uh So he required, he got pneumonia because of it. He was in the hospital. And that is when I became ever more grateful for having somebody, first of all, that Misty moved them there near her, mm-hmm. and and then that she was always there. But I would get these phone calls like, no, "Your dad's in the hospital. He was in the, went to the emergency room. He has pneumonia, which is the worst thing that can happen to anybody that have, yeah. has COPD. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thing. You can die from that." So that was October of 2012 that he got in that accident. Mm-hmm. So. From there on, I was out of work, but I had just had back surgery in September of 2012. So to be able to come back and forth was not so easy for me. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, R- Russ would join me when he could, when it was not working season for him. Russ is your partner, and we should make clear. Russ is my partner who mm-hmm. lives with me, yes. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he, has spent, he loves my dad and would spend hours talking to him when we went up there. And mm-hmm. it was just a wonderful support. 
Did you drive um, up? Because it's not that far, yeah. right? And what, how well, long of a drive is nine that? Nine hours. Nine hours. Nine hour drive. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a piece. Yeah, especially when you had back surgery. Back surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, anyway, so back and forth as many times as I could. But um, always Misty was there, and she would give me updates. And I would call Dad, of course, every other week or so, and gradually more often. But it came to the point where he was had, had to be helped always to get in and out of bed and into and out of his wheelchair and, and to the bathroom. But before that, though, Misty had gotten 24-hour care for her mother because if my dad was not there, then somebody had to be there to make sure that she didn't leave. Uh-huh. She was, there was somebody in the house all the time. They were in a house at that point, the two of them? They were in the apartment. They in were a- in the apartment. They okay. were in their apartment at that time. In an apartment that was, one. like, in a, a senior community? It was, it was Brandon Wild, yes. Brandon Wild, okay. For it's those... a very well-known place there. Oh, okay. there and okay. it's, it's a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was a great choice. So were they in independent uh, living or assisted? They were in independent living at that time. Okay. And so... They had their own apartment. And actually, until my father's death, Myrnie lived there with somebody there 24-7. I see. She's now living in a different facility that has 24-7 care without having to pay extra for it, which is what Mr. E was having to do right. with the two to four women who were taking shifts, being mm-hmm. there all the time. That's a huge expense. But, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I, my father and Murray both had plenty of money to support that. But still, you know, you're eating away at the coffers. Mm-hmm. So dad, though, he, he was soon shifted from there because some trip to the hospital made it clear that he could not go back into the apartment because he needed too much care. Mm-hmm. So he went into the, the nursing home. Then we would visit. When we visited, we would be visiting him in the nursing home, except one time I remember my brother and I my brother David, who lives in Williamsburg, Virginia, we both met because I think Misty called us and said, I suggest you come see your dad because he was really doing not very well in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So my brother and I both went up there and, and we spent the whole day with him and night. And he improved and he went back to the nursing home from mm-hmm. there. And so that's where he was. And um, it was, we would get calls or dad, I'd be talking to dad sometimes and he would be very anxious because when he couldn't breathe, he would, it would scare him because he thought he was dying. Oh. So he would ha- I would have to get, I, think I would tell him, Dad, just take it easy, ring the bell, bell and hang up with me and call me when you are better. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the way it was and back and forth. And I have to say, I sometimes, of course, felt guilty because as woman, she adored my father, Misty did. And mm-hmm. she told me that often. I loved you. I love your dad. Mm-hmm. It's very it sweet. Be, uh, it, well, yes, but it would be difficult to be, be otherwise and, and not have the time that she spent back and forth dealing with some of the issues with, with the health care providers for my father. Was she working in addition to doing that? Yes. She, was... she runs a, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of the school for kids who fall behind. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a franchise, and, but mm-hmm. they have one there in Evans, Georgia. So she was working people. a full-time job in addition to doing that? Pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is she married? Yes. So she has a spouse slash partner? She has a spouse. And kids? Yes. <laughs> yes, and three kids. Yeah. So she was the and classic sandwich generation caregiver. And yeah. and you were kind of backing her up, supporting her emotionally from a distance. Yes. But still, I understand and, the guilt thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm down here, and I mean, it's not easy to go back and forth all the time. And then I had another back surgery in 2014. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think I hadn't had that until after my father died. My father died um, on Father's Day in 2014. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. I had talked to him, and I was up in D.C. with a girlfriend. We were in downtown Washington. We had been to a girlfriend's son's wedding the night before. And I called, called Dad because it was Father's Day, and I got to tell him I loved him, and he was having trouble breathing. And so I said, Dad, just take it easy. Call me back when you are feeling better. Well, we were driving to Severna Park, my girlfriend, in the afternoon now, and uh, I get a call. Did you hear? Hear what? No. And I guess that somebody had been trying to call me. I didn't recognize the telephone number, and I didn't answer it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and there was a health care provider that was with my dad at the time to tell me that he had passed away at mm-hmm. three o'clock after having a sandwich saying it was the most wonderful sandwich he'd ever had. <laughs> and he took a nap and oh. then he never, he never woke up. Oh, well, it sounds like he died peacefully, though, at least. Yes, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And you thankfully. were close to your dad, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I mean, yes. Yeah. I think more so than my brothers. Mm-hmm. And how many brothers one, do you have? to Hank, who lives in California, and he is two years younger than I am. Uh-huh. I'm 67. Uh-huh. My younger brother will be, he lives in Williamsburg, Virginia, David, and he is, uh, will be 60 in April next year. But anyway, I remember when we were sitting down, came together in Evans, Georgia, after my father died. We were having to go through all the paperwork and stuff, and he let my father had left explicit instructions. It was pretty interesting. Huh. My brother, Hank, said, I barely knew him. Wow, interesting. Yeah, and it was because he was gone so much of the time when he was in the Coast Guard. He was developing a communications system that's no longer around because it's been replaced by GPS. But uh, my father was developing that system for the country. And going. And then when he retired, he was traveling all over the world talking about this particular system. Interesting. Anyway, he, was your dad an engineer? Yes, he was an electronics engineer. Electronics engineer. And so he developed a system that was the precursor to GPS? Yep. Wow, that's really cool. And I he, know. And he traveled he, a lot, so your brothers he, he a lot. didn't mm-hmm. remember we, seeing him a lot then going No. Out. Hmm. I mean, I, I guess I was closer because I was the daughter. The only daughter. But mm-hmm. The only daughter. And yeah. the firstborn. And the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was proud of me because I entered the engineering field. I graduated from college. And, you know, my brothers are both very intelligent beings, but they neither of them graduated from the universities they entered. <laughs> but they did go into the <laughs> Well, that's <laughs> they, okay. They, that's okay, yeah. yeah. They, they both went into the naval reserve system, so they served the armed forces for five years. Mm-hmm. Hank is develops robots, oh. and uh, David is a nuclear power plant uh, engineer. So no slouches there intellectually. No, not at all. But then one one time when my my father, well, that's the thing about elderly people is they get crotchety, especially, I mean, you know, especially my father's his quality of life really sucked there mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, he, and that's why he liked having people around him. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful to sit there, even if nothing was said, you know, he would fall asleep and the television would be on and it would be nice for me to be there when he woke up. Yeah. But one day he said to me, he said, Pat, you've done nothing but stupid things your whole life. <gasps> <laughs> That's kind of harsh. Oh, it was very harsh. I, and I was like, wow. Wow. Dad, really? <laughs> when did he say that? It was this last spring sometime when I was there mm-hmm. <laughs> visiting him. <laughs> nice. Well, you, you. I know. And you said that Bernie and he had an interesting communication system or a pairing because she didn't have much in the way of mental faculties, and he did. But 
she had more in the way of physical capacities. That's exactly right. She was so vigorous. She still is. And um, she's spry. And I, I think the last time I talked to Misty, she told me that she was slowing down a bit. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's got to be 80-something now, 82, 3. But the, yeah, that's, that was the difference. She was always very active. My father slowed down. I mean, he stopped playing tennis pretty much when they moved into Brandon Wild. Mm-hmm. And that really upset me because I... I kind of at first blamed it on the fact that he had been moved out of his community where he was so exposed to it all the time. Mm-hmm. But as it, as it turned out, what was really happening was he just was not able to move like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It was really slowed down by the mm-hmm. COPD. What was it? What was the turning point for you where you kind of let go of the anger, for lack of a better term, with Misty, your stepsister, for moving them down farther away from you? And then realizing that this was for the better, because I think that's really common in, in, in children whose decisions are made about their parents by other people, and then they're mad, and then they kind of get over it. Was there a turning point for you? All I had to do was visit them up there and be with Misty. Misty was always a very open to her house to us when we would visit there, and uh, her husband was a little more difficult. Dan is ADD. Mm-hmm. And he, he would be in and out of jobs, and he just he can't stick to things too, too well but, mm-hmm. and doesn't really do well with too many people around him. Mm-hmm. So he, it was Misty who was the, the hostess mm-hmm. to all of our family who would, when we came to visit. All I had to do was visit and see how well Dad and Mernie were doing. They were happy. Yeah. It was working. And, um, right, okay. And, and Misty and I were very close. Uh-huh. We were. We. I mean, there were some things that happened after my father died that made all, me and my brothers very unhappy. Uh-huh. Dan, it was a Dan made some comments one morning, and he was so, it was like he totally misinterpreted something that my younger brother and I made, asked Hank to reside as the executive of the estate. My father gave us all the, all three of us got that position, mm-hmm. but you can't do that. It has to be one person. Right. My father knew what he was doing, so he decided to let Hank do it. Hank was showing papers, going through them after we had made that decision, and handed something to Misty, and it was about some money that there was in common. Mm-hmm. And Dan took it to mean that we were taking that away from Bernie, when all my brother was doing was inquiring, well, is this something you know anything about? And Dan is so, Misty's husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he went, he, the next morning he wanted us to sit down, all three of us, and he reamed us over the coals. <gasps> yeah. Brenda was upstairs with young eight-month-old Hendrix. Russ was upstairs listening to this, and they were both seething, and Misty was up there crying. Because oh. She couldn't, yeah, it was terrible. Oh, how I, awful. I, and, and he was more blaming Hank, but also just nailing us all. And I, I said, I can't believe you're doing this to us. You know, weird. That's weird. It was. He was really. And as a result of that, I've unfortunately sort of withdrawn. And and then the, he ended that conversation was he started crying. He said, I'm afraid I'm never going to see you again. Dan said that, and I wanted to say, well, if you think that this did anything to help us come back here, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, people behave so strangely. But when you okay. were talking about Dan's response, it brought to mind. The various ways sure. that family members can react when someone dies and there's money involved and there's an yeah. estate to be settled. And sometimes people behave really well and sometimes people behave not so well. And your yeah. your brothers 
supported you, it sounds like, and that's really great. But so your dad died in 2014. Mernie, his wife, your stepmom, is still living. And yeah. how old is she now? About 82. 82. 83. Okay. And do you see her with any regularity? No, 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 no. no. I don't feel any compulsion. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I've talked to my sister-in-law, Barb, who's married to my brother, David, who lives in Williamsburg. And Myrnie is the only grandmother that her daughters will ever know. Because when my mother passed away, Lexi, their firstborn daughter, was an infant. And they now have, to, they have two. Lexi's now 22. <laughs> and she's Misty's and, daughter. No, no, no. Barb's da- daughter. Barb's oh, daughter. Barb. My brother's wife. Okay. Anyway, Barb, we've talked about that. She has gone to visit Myrnie with Petra, her youngest daughter. And she explains, well, this is the only grandmother that these girls will ever know. And so there's no point for me. I just don't see a point because she won't know who I am anyhow. Right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I mean, she's as sweet as can be, and, but I've lost touch with her when she stopped remembering, you know. Yeah. So, and I'm not there all the time uh-huh. like her daughter is. So. Uh-huh. What is her quality of life like? Well, she's on some kind of medication. She apparently is very happy. She went through a period where she felt like she was in jail, and she went around banging doors, wanted to get out. And apparently the place where she is now is confined, mm-hmm. and she's with other people just like her. So um, she's calm, and she's doing fine and happy mm-hmm. and, and that's it. As much as you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Patty, what do you think, if anything, that you learned along the way about how to negotiate the caregiving journey, both as a daughter who was removed when your dad declined and as a stepsister? Did you learn anything new? Did you learn anything about yourself? Did you learn anything that you could share with others about what to do, what to prepare for, how to respond, etc.? I think it's something that every individual travels that path in a different way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I often felt like I was selfish. I hate that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was, here was this wonderful woman who was doing this for my father. And, and uh, I wish I could have done more, I guess is what I would say. I think I, I probably could have gone there more often. And, but uh, you know, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope that that doesn't. Ha- I hope I go down in a flash of thunder or something, and, and not have anybody have to deal with me being in that the same state as my father. I, I just don't want that to happen. I hope that doesn't happen to me. If it does, I will ask to please go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take me away. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that you thought about it more seriously? Your own aging process it became yeah. more tangible. Probably even after your mom died, right? Yeah, well, we, all of her children have high blood pressure, which is one of the things that put, helped put her away. But that's because of time and technology. You know, we all are on medication. Mm-hmm. That'll never happen to us. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, she was young. My mother was 74 years old, and that was, too, that was just too young. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to live to be 92 years old if I'm going to live the quality of life that my father had. I just don't. I mean, I say that. I'm, my daughter, Marinda, gets really angry with me when, she, when I talk this talk, but don't talk like that. doesn't matter. Yeah, but you're really <laughs> active. You're physically active. I know that. Yes. Yeah. I am. And you keep busy and you're mentally sharp. I mean, you had a really demanding career for several I years. I did. I did. So how are, you, how are you biding your time? And what was it like for you to retire early? 
<laughs> well, nobody likes to retire early because you can't find a job, but that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I looked seriously for a very long time. That was 2009, 2009. is when I was let go from the job. I was yeah, the last, well, last in with a high salary, the first out, when uh-huh. things start happening. So mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. And, and I did have a, a briefly for about six months, I had a part time job with another engineering firm, but mm-hmm. didn't work out because I was supposed to bring in, you know, zero to $500,000 worth of work to the firm. And I was not able to do that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I just I, I kept looking and um, nothing happened. So I started collecting Social Security. I said, well, I guess I'm retired because. <laughs> it's not such a bad thing, though. <laughs> no, because I mean, you're I, you have a daughter and you have two grandkids, and so talk about that a little bit. Oh my gosh! Well, I travel to see them as often as I can. Your daughter far away. lives in like Oakland, California. So it's a it's a hike, but um, I don't go any more than three months without going to see them. Uh-huh. And recently, I've been there more more frequently. <laughs> uh huh. And how how old are their kids? Well, Merinda is 35, her husband's 36. The children are four and two. Lola's four, Hendrix is two. Hendrix, great name. Hendrix, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're busy parents. They are. I mean, my son-in-law is a full-time executive chef for the Four Seasons in San Francisco. And my daughter is a nurse, but thankfully she does home health care via telecommunications. She, oh, so she can be home. She can. She assigns the home health care to other nurses, and she handles the cases with the nurses and the doctors, and she does the coordinating for the insurance company. And did she start doing that when her kids were born? Because obviously, having kids and working full-time is a challenge. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She was doing actual home health care in San Francisco when uh, Lola was born. And I think she, and well, they found a great school for infants nearby so she continued that and then they moved to los angeles and i think she was still doing home health care there but they had a school for i don't think she started the hair giving from her house until they moved to oakland Mm -hmm. this past Mm -hmm. couple it's been over a year ago because hendrix was born Mm -hmm. so ever since hendrix has been born she has had the huge beauty of not traveling far (laughs) I mean, the, the school where the kids are is literally across the street. You just have to take the car, you know, drive a half a mile and come back and get them. It's uh-huh. wonderful. And Alex is always, you know, he works really hard. It's a demanding <laughs> business. Managed, it is totally demanding, but he's managed to uh, be able to delegate some stuff that lets him off earlier to be able to come home to his family uh-huh. during their waking hours instead of after they're in bed. So. Well, it sounds like they found a way to make it work, being working parents. And that's not easy. So that's good to hear. And then you go out, you see them every three months or so. Mm -hmm. And how are you enjoying being a grandmother? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And they love Grammy. Oh, my gosh. Lola will knock on the door. She's learned that she has to knock on the door to Uh the bedroom where I am. And they come in. It's it's sort of a ritual. They bring their books. And they climb into bed with me. Oh, how sweet. I know, and I read to them. It allows Marinda to sleep a little bit longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does Marinda talk about you moving closer? Because you're pretty far away now in those really significant years, being a grandmother. And have you thought about moving? Yeah, west? I mean that's not even a possibility. I, I, Russ is here, he's, and uh, we love each other. We're staying sure. together. <laughs> sure. And his business is here, 
his properties are here. I own this house. I mean, I don't really... No, no. It's more... There's more probable to move somewhere closer sometime, uh-huh. possibly. So they've talked about Florida. Although Alex, my son-in-law, will say, I hate Florida. You know, <laughs> That's what we all say before we <laughs> belly up to that bar. <laughs> but the thing is, um, um, my daughter has friends and her mother here and her father. Her father lives in Coral Gable, so <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time well, will tell. Time will tell. That would be good for you. It would be. I don't say anything about it. I don't I don't even ever broach the subject anymore. It's, it's <laughs> whatever learned. will be. You've learned. <laughs> well, because his mother and sister live in Chicago, so. Uh-huh. Alex's parents, uh-huh. Yeah. And Russ's parents, your partner's parents, are both deceased. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, he's lost them before I met him. Yeah. So, Patty, how are you enjoying getting older? <laughs> How's the aging process going for you? We talk about aging in this podcast as well. What's the best thing about getting older, and what's the worst thing? The best thing is, is um, well, especially not having a job, is being free to do what the hell you want when you want to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst is, uh, you know, seeing your the tolls of gravity on your body and your face. (laughs) 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 And so I combat that to the extent that I, it is possible, you know, without doing any, you know, I would never go under the knife for any of that stuff. But uh, (laughs) I do spend time with my esthetician. (laughs) She does more than just my brows where you do the microdermabrasion Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) now and then a chemical peel. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but at any rate, I just try to stay in shape. I mean, that's really the thing that is most important. You've got to keep your body going. Yep. Keep on moving. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one <laughs> of the things about living in Florida that has become, I've become so much more aware of is that I'm around a lot of older people. And, oh, yeah. And you really, when you live in Florida, because you're around older people, I think more frequently than you would be when you're in an urban setting. I mean, I lived in New York and LA and most of my oh, life. Yeah. And now I'm living in Florida and I'm around a lot of older people. And so you really have to face your own mortality. You're confronted with what's down the road because it's kind of right in front of you. Yeah. And you can choose to age in any number of ways. And you can only hope that you're, you know, you prepare yourself for it. But I think you're more aware of it here in Florida. I think you're right. I think you're right about that, but you're also very much aware of, of the other end of the spectrum. And I uh, know more, a bit more about this because I came up from Miami. I lived in, Marinda was born and raised in Coral Gables, which is surrounded by the city of Miami, Miami Beach, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. South Beach. And you have all that glitter and glam and the beautification of people mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that occurs on such a common level. And mm-hmm. maybe not so much up here, except, well, of course, over in the island, you see it if you go Palm up Beach. there at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, Palm Beach. There is that. There is that other end. And so you are aware of that capability mm-hmm. also. But, mm-hmm. but the other end of it is being in Florida is also that people are out they're at the gym or they're running or they're doing something for their body, biking, all mm-hmm. the bikers are here. So there's all that. You can there are cre- incentives for a lot of things. There are incentives, yeah. You can create a quality of life for yourself here that is really good if you choose it. I think so, too. Yeah. If you have to choose it, that's exactly right. Right. But there are possibilities. There uh-huh. are always, they're all possibilities. Uh-huh. So what do you see as your purpose in life now? Oh, shoot. Be a good partner. 
to my wonderful partner, Russ, and um, travel with him. He's going to eventually sell our catamaran, and um, we'll travel more. And um, just to be a good mom and um, grandmother to my family in California. Just enjoy those years as much as I can, all of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have a (laughs) philosophy of life? Enjoy every single day to the utmost. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) well that sounds like a great note to end on is there anything else you'd like to add oh sure well i I have my toast always is here's to love life and living amen (laughs) amen well amen patricia lodge thank you so much for participating in the podcast it's been lovely chatting with you as always and uh i look forward to seeing you around town during the holidays. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Patty. Take care. You're welcome, Jen. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can email me at Jana at agewise.com. That's J-A-N-A at A-G-E-W-Y-Z, or Z, as my Canadian mother says. You can also find me online at agewise.com and listen to the podcast on Stitcher or iTunes or SoundCloud and download any episode at these locations for free. I'm Jana Panaritis. See you next time. Until then, age well age wise.